Hi, it's Manuel Judice here and welcome to uh, episode number 13. This is the podcast Leading Your Change Initiative. And today I want to talk about a topic that's quite, um, uh, I think it's quite relevant in the context of business change and, and projects, international projects. And that is the, you know, setting up clear agreements uh, as, 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 as opposed to, uh, you know, having expectations. Now, I'd like to set a bit of a, um, some, some context around what I really mean by that. My, for those of you that haven't listened to the previous episodes, my background is in organizational psychology. And over the last seven years, I've started off uh, supporting change projects. Right? Then as a change manager and eventually a change consultant and a leadership coach. Uh, what I found is what uh, uh, I've generally worked on innovation initiatives, technology-supported, technology-backed projects, uh, ERP implementations, divestment of technologies, system upgrades, and things of that sort. And Salesforce.com, for example, uh, you know, a rollout of software as a service or collaboration tools. So there, there was there was a set of uh, of, of projects and, and initiatives. They were strategic initiatives, basically aligned to what the organization was trying to achieve. Now, in my experience, and I've kind of defined that and I called that out and I've highlighted in a few episodes before this one, that the people I talk to, the sponsors and the, the, the business um, the business areas that are investing in this project actually uh, primarily are after three things. And I've added a lot of feedback. This is a lot of feedback, a lot of conversations, but this is the patterns that I noticed, that I noticed over the years. Everyone actually wants to do... Uh, uh, every every change project, every change initiative wants to fulfill or at least meet uh, one, if not all, of these three objectives. Number one, they want to make sure that um, the technology that they've invested on is fit for purpose, and actually designed to deliver functionality and features that meet the specific stakeholder groups that are to utilize those features. So fit for purpose. Number two is each project want to each, each, each initiative, each leader wanted these projects to be delivered on time and on budget. Uh, and because the value of it, because, you know, cost, uh, pro- project and cost overruns, the they, they, uh, time overruns, they're, they're quite expensive to the business. And you're basically delaying the value re- re- realization, you know, as a side cost of that. And number three, they want to ensure that they have the business on board. So little or no point to developing the plan of technology that people do not understand, cannot do much with it, cannot relate to that. And, and the value is actually being compromised uh, in, in some cases quite dramatically. So when I, talk, when I was thinking about um, talking about assumptions and um, or expectations uh, versus agreements, um, um, the, the what I was actually referring to is the the third the third um, the third the third objective, which is basically having your business on board. I've had the the chance of seeing uh, change projects be, be led from both from within, so operationally, what happens on the ground, what happens in your project, you're delivered in your change team, and I've had the chance to be part of those teams then facilitate sessions as part of those, and then eventually consult with people that run this uh, strategic initiative, both as a senior level, but also operationally. And what I found is that um, one of the key aspects, one of the biggest challenges that a lot of these projects face is the ability or the inability to set very clear agreements about 
what needs to be done in regards to ensuring that your business is on board, right? Um, so what I actually mean by that is that um, uh, we've established and a lot of companies are investing in, in uh, change management functions and they're, they're really developing or hoping to develop a, a very strong and sound change capability. And, and basically, this change capability will actually deliver against the three aspects I was kind of calling out before, uh, but specifically reducing the negative impact of the business and ensuring you have the business on board. Um, oftentimes, um, you see um, one of the key tools, if you will, one of the key insights, one of the key capability that a change manager or a change management function can bring to the table is the ability to... <clears throat> Um, assemble a list of change or a host of chain champions people or super users or users that are close to the technology these professionals they are part of the business areas that is impacted by the change they are representative of that area and they are actually topical in the success in the successful deployment of that technology for two reasons number one they have the technical understanding of what the system is meant to do. They know what good looks like because they can compare it to what bad looks like, which is basically legacy systems. And, and, and number two, they are a very strong, um, they are a very strong, um, they, they bring to the table very strong expertise, but also the ability to influence the business areas they're part of. So uh, one of, um, one of the key aspects of having a very strong uh, change network, and I'm using different terminologies here, um, and because different organizations can relate to that purpose, so we have change champions, and then we have a change network, we have uh, super users. There are different, obviously, the, um, the, 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 the extent of the involvement of each of, each of these groups is, is basically irrelevant or decided upon what the project needs. But what I found is that one of the, so, in my view, in my direct experience, is the projects that were most successful were the projects that actually were able to set out very clear agreements with these stakeholder groups and do it upfront, do it much earlier than anyone else. Now, the reason for that is that <laughs> the reason why I believe, um, you know, calling out, teasing out clear agreements is particularly important is because um, you might have a change team. When I say change team, I'm talking about a project team, a program team. It's basically a, a group of people, specialists, that have very strong expertise in that particular area, uh, be it um, software development, you might have developers, IT consultants, you might, be you might have trainers, communication specialists, change managers, uh, program manager, project managers delivery managers, you have or scrum masters or agile practitioners and process owners. So you might have a change team with a lot of different expertise. Um, and that's you know, what I get to kind of define or call out as a change team. Now this change team is developing the tool, is developing the technology. Uh, the technology per se though has little or no value, it's just an enabler of value. And the value usually sits with the business. Uh, there's no point in developing a <coughs> or creating a dashboard that your business is actually more complicated for the business because they, they spreadsheet gave them much more insight than the, that the, an automated dashboard might actually give them. So that is that has very, that contributes very little value to the work they're doing, right? If it's if it's perceived that way. Now, <clears throat> your change team 
um, actually doesn't very often is not is not trained uh, is not equipped with the ability to and, and the gravitas and the influence to ensure that the business is on board you change them is actually very focused on developing the technology making sure it's functional the dashboard is there and works um, salesforce.com has been deployed and has all the relevant access levels and the level the relevant insights that are needed by the customers that's what a change team does but usually a change team uh, a project team or delivery team i'm using them purposely and interchangeably um, they do not focus on getting your business on board that is the uh, that, that is the responsibility of some business representatives right however um that doesn't happen naturally. That doesn't happen naturally. You have to really define and list out who these individuals are and and start having a conversation quite early uh, during a project or uh, initiative. And one of the things that is a critical component in um, ensuring that relationship is fruitful, productive versus not, is the ability of to tease out very strong agreement very early. Once you've teased them out, then you have to have very strong, um, um, very frequent touch points that are actually building upon what was agreed. Now, I just kind of can make it a very practical example. Don't make it. I don't mean to make it too esoterical or difficult or intangible, but. Um, you, a lot of the change networks, so these individuals that I see being appointed in, in business to support specific technology, they're not really, they're very skilled, but they don't really know what is expected of them. They have no clarity about, they, they might understand that they need to you know, do some UAT, for example, some user acceptance testing at some point, or they might understand that, um, you know, how the system works inside out, they're experts in that, but they don't actually understand that the value they play in ensuring is the conversations and taking up with the business. The value they play in operationally sensing or sense checking um, what is the preliminary, how is the project landing in your in your in impacted area? How are people concerned about it? What are the risks? What are the perceived risks? And how these people, how these uh, change networks influential? Are they, are they primarily technical or they, or they are very well respected in their particular area? Um, these are all really relevant questions and usually having clear uh, agreements or um, what I'd really like to do both when I, um, when I work with a project is actually teasing out the elements of what a contract right, looks like. What are the clear expectations? We actually put it on page, on, on paper. And we call out, for example, yeah, we need them to have a technical expertise. We have a representative or the, the senior leaders in, in the room or remotely connected. We actually call out um, this brief session, actually really make sure that <coughs> we call out what is required of them. But we put it, we write it down and we share it in with the right people. And... And we also shared with some of from representative from the business area, so from some of these uh, champions that might have supported different projects uh, previously, so that we have an early um, feedback, an immediate feedback on whether they 
um, they understand what their technical responsibilities are. For example, they need to have used a you know, legacy system five years prior to that. So they have a very strong understanding of that. But also they need to be team leaders. Uh, so have some gravitas or they have to have uh, positive feedback. You know, um, there is a lot of anecdotal feedback. It is also can be provided by leaders in terms of, you know, who are your, your team members that or your, your potential, like they can become potentially um, um, uh, part of the change network. Who are the most influential ones? Who are the most respected ones? What do they do? How long have they been with the company? So this is really, really important. However, none of these this, this aspects, very few of these aspects were actually um, considered or actually considered or formally agreed upon when you know, we bring in a change capability or change manager and tell us, okay, now from now on, run a once a month session to have all of these people on board. That usually doesn't work. And it doesn't work because the tool, the change manager, the consultant can give you the tool and the template that can facilitate the session. But that is a, a really, this type of exercise and ensuring your business on board, it's, it's an ongoing process. Now, the fact that it's an ongoing process is also an agreement. Right? There's not, it's not sufficient um, to you know, have a person representative from the business and a, a super user or a chain champion and we speak to them once every two months and just because just before we go live within like one month ago live then we start speaking to them once a week we spell a lot of them suddenly right now the ability to spell out and tease out and list out clear agreements and ensure there are ongoing communication channels whereby also senior leaders so the people that these chain champions report to um, they, they, they feel that actually, uh, you know, my boss believes in this. Uh, we've, we've got to, we've got to support it. We, this is important, and I've been nominated for a reason, and I know what the reasons are because they've been agreed upon, and there is a a, a contract. You might call it contract, uh, you might call it job specification, you might call it. You know, the title doesn't really matter, but as long as the agreement and the expectation or what needs to happen, they are agreed on, uh, both at the senior level and but operation, the people that are actually uh, nominated, they know exactly what is expected of them. So uh, this is um, this is a, b- a brief example. I believe this is really important because the traditionally what change management does or organization they are trying to build a change function, what they do is, they, um, they, they, they kind of say, okay, we need to have a change network. But it's not the, the fact of having a network has no valuable per se. It's how the network engages, how they interact with each other. And do they have the right gravitas? Do they have the right influence in the business? As well as the expertise to ensure that they can drive the change from their particular business areas, business areas they are impacted by. Knowledge, um, so uh, knowledge-based change professionals, they can't do that for you because they, they're not listened to, they're not respected. People might not disclose information concerns the risk they might have with them. But having these conversations upfront 
um, in a way that is clear, that is transparent, that ensures ongoing engagement, can really make a, a significant difference in the ability of, of any change projects to, yeah, deliver on time and on budget, but also ensuring that everyone in the business or, or the wide majority of those that are impacted by the change, they are aware of it and they're on board with it. One last thought that, um, that, that I wanted to add here is that another critical value of having this um, influential change network or change professionals or rep- change network representative, change champions, let's say, is the fact that they will spot, they will basically temperature check, temperature check uh, what the business is thinking at any moment in time, uh, well ahead of the go live of your technology project. They, they will know about it uh, for sooner than anyone else. If, again, if they are, um, if, if they are very close to the business and are very, very well respected, what that means is that they can, once you have defined a clear communication channel and a feedback loop, they will provide the information, they will share that back with you const- constantly so that you don't have to rush it, right? This trust has been trust has been built. There is openness, openness. There is transparency, and it all comes down to once again having clear agreements, and even things that you might not agree upon. At least you discuss them up front, but the level of engagement is agreed up front. They're not, you know, dropped into a role that they're not fully acquainted of, and they don't really understand the value of. So that's what a clear agreement can actually do for your business change project.